All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Tapestry Podcast. Uh, it is really good to be with you here. I'm so glad that you've joined us. Uh, we are here with... Wongi. Haley. And Mike. And we are talking about our episode called Like a Wrecking Ball. And that is what came to mind as I was thinking about this topic of like what happens when something comes and shakes part of your sense of reality or the things that you thought you knew, things that you were really sure about that you're no longer sure about or you're now sure that they're not true. And so, yeah. Like a wrecking ball. It's kind of getting in my head. Yeah, so it was already in my head. Yeah, so sorry. Yeah, that's been in my head since um, you told me this title. I'm surprised. My, when we were talking about what to do for the video, um, which we, uh, we did not do this idea. Um, first so you're not going to be in a wrecking ball. No, my, my wife. My <laughs> no, wife, Miley Cyrus. So my, my wife said, uh, Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Um, she, she said, so are you going to be on the wrecking ball? And I was like, um, no, that would not be a good idea, I don't think. I, I um, agree. <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's talk about like what that means when, when something like that stops being, uh, you stop believing it's true. Something important, maybe. Hmm. Um, an example I give in the video is, you know, as kids, we, th- we believe that certain fictional characters are real. Uh, we're not going to give any spoilers in the video or the podcast. <laughs> this time but there's certain fictional characters that we don't believe are fictional and then at some point in our lives we come to realize they are not who we thought they were and that can that can be a shaking thing bad when it's the tooth fairy worse when it's god right or if you start to think that that's true about god so yeah let's talk about it have you guys had any experiences like that have you had moments where you're like ah, i don't know anymore or been around people like that, or yeah, what's your what's your experience? I don't know if I don't know anymore, but I think there's moments when you guys, when you're old enough, you realize, oh, your parents don't know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah, and that's, it's not dissing parents, but it's just like you realize you're at a state where you can make as good decisions mm-hmm. in some things, and so part of that wrecking ball is sort of like this this idea, okay, this person can always is always going to make a bit better decision yeah. than me, mm-hmm. is always more informed. Yeah has been in many places mm-hmm. but all of a sudden maybe in your life maybe you've gone into different places and you've seen <laughs> more things or you've experienced things different and such that you may even say like maybe I'm just good at decision maker or um, maybe it's friends using me say like hey this friend of mine is way better knows me way better can give me way better uh, advice than mm-hmm. maybe even somebody I grew up with yeah. that maybe you know part of family and again it's not like a diss it's just a realization sort of yeah. a wrecking ball of this something you may have built in yourself saying no when crisis happens I need to go to these people but then eventually like yeah maybe not maybe, right. not. <laughs> maybe the crisis can be yeah. can, some of them can be fueling the fire you know just make it <laughs> make it worse so there was a comedian I remember he was talking about like becoming get, getting to the age of adulthood and realizing like there aren't any adults like yeah. Like, none of us actually know what we're doing. We're all just like big children. <laughs> he said it in a funnier way than I can, but I, yeah, I remember coming to that yeah. conclusion. Adults, like, directing about because when you grow up, when you become an adult, then you'll understand. 
You right. know, when you grow up, you'll be able to do this. And then you grow up and you're like, wow, no, no, it's not. <laughs> Still, I don't get it. <laughs> but then you hit 18 yeah. or 20 yeah. or 30 yeah. or 40 yeah. or what, like fill in the blank, listener. Like, and you're like, oh, when will I be? Yeah. You know? And you're like, oh, nobody really has it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a moment. Yeah. Adulthood. Yeah. Wrecking ball to the adulthood, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever the mountain, yeah. Yeah, how about, how about you, Haley? Can you think of any wrecking balls? I mean, yeah. Um, I think, like, when you're a pastor's kid, yeah. probably even when you grow up in the church in general, but mm-hmm. pastor's kids specifically, you get all, you have a lot of kids around you. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but I went to school with a lot of people that were not religious in any sort. Oh, yeah. Um, and they kind of almost... I don't want to say laugh in the face of religion, but they kind of do, right? Like, yeah. it's just outside of their totally. thought. Um, that's fine. Um, but you have a lot of kids that challenge your belief, mm-hmm. like, almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, it's so funny, because I tend to be kind of a certain person. Like, I know what I'm saying is right most of the time I'm really stubborn <laughs> um, yeah. so like I in my head logically I know I'm not always right or like I know there's leeway and gray area but like if someone's going to challenge me most of the time I'm going to stand my ground mm-hmm. um, and I'm still learning to pick my battles that's weird sorry someone knocked at the door someone knocked at the door we're in a home we are in a home we're sure. in my home there's also a uh, a doorbell there's just a guy. Just in. Oh, I'll see what this is. Okay. I'll be right back. You guys can talk still. Yeah, we'll keep on going on the podcast. And uh, yeah, listener, you may notice that we're in a different place or it may sound different. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're watching online, and uh, yeah, we're not at Wongi's house where we usually record. We're at mm-hmm. Haley's house. And, um, there's, and if you hear a clicking sound, that are, those are the, the pitter-patter, <laughs> pitter-pattering little feet of... Snowball, the dog, who's a great dog. Um, yeah, so Haley was talking about this idea of being a pastor's kid and having, like, faith kinds of things, like, laughed at. That's exactly my experience growing up. I, I grew up in a suburb of New York City, um, kind of the coasts, and especially maybe even New York City, I think, became a post-Christian culture earlier than other parts of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um if you're a friend listening in Europe or in other places in the world, maybe for you this was like in your parents or their parents' generation where it was kind of starting to become uh, post-Christian. Here in the United States, um, now in kind of major metro areas, there are definitely more of that kind of post-Christian culture. Mm-hmm. Like people don't really think of themselves necessarily as Christian, even if they grew up in that kind of uh, background. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Andy was here earlier. You know, he said he grew up in a religious background, but doesn't really connect with that anymore as much as when he was younger. And um, I think that's really normal. And so I had a lot of people like that in my life. Like you were talking about Haley, where, like, yeah, you bring up anything faith-based or whatever, it was yeah laughed at. And um, places like Colorado are now like New York Metro was. Mm-hmm. 35 years ago mm-hmm. or more mm-hmm. and um, yeah like when some when you think a thing is true and someone else thinks it's definitely not true yeah. in fact they think it's laughably untrue mm-hmm. like 
you gotta sort that like and it's not that easy when you're especially when you're young yeah um and for a while like it didn't phase me as a kid i was just like okay whatever um but i think it started hitting harder in middle school where Mm -hmm. like i was around more people yeah where it was like just so outside of their view but it was less of like oh i need to hang around more christian people and Mm -hmm. it was more of like okay but what are they getting at you know yeah because i think a lot of times like a lot of christians when someone is like hey do you ever even think that maybe you're wrong Mm -hmm. they get really defensive Mm -hmm. and they get really and granted sometimes the other side is a little more uh attacking than they always need to be but we tend to get really defensive around well and everybody gets defensive around core beliefs yeah and so um but i think christians specifically have a lot of trouble leaving room for something not being true Mm -hmm. um i don't know where i was going with that but yeah as a kid it was like oh i know i'm right Mm -hmm. but then after more people are like okay but like what about this and Mm -hmm. you're like well i don't know how to answer that Mm -hmm. right like i remember one of my friends he was like well how do you know what you believe is the right one Mm -hmm. and i was like dog i don't know like Uh, i don't know i don't i've never thought about it that hard and so at like 14 you're sitting there like okay Mm -hmm. well i want to be right so how Uh, can i know that i'm right um and then you eventually have to learn hey we might not be Mm -hmm. um and you might never know you yeah oh likely we'll never know right um me no likey (laughs) me neither but um yeah and i think one of have you what have you guys talked about when i was gone i don't even know what i'm jumping (laughs) back um, into i vamped a little bit and talked about how my experience is similar to yours okay cool um but when i was oh shoot yeah when i was in high school my youth group um we went through a lot of different youth pastors in my time in youth group common um and I mean, like, I had one, two, three, four, five. One of them was never technically hired, but it was five adults wow. that we were led by. Mm-hmm. In um, something around seven years, kind of middle school, high school? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah seven years. Yeah, and, that's um, a lot of change. So, there was this one that, so, <laughs> um, there was one that stuck around for a while, and we all really loved him. He had to leave for some important reasons um but the lady who came in after him was particularly um i don't know how to describe it but she was very much not in tune with like who we were as a group Mm -hmm. and came into a place that very much had a way of doing things and wanted to do it her own way so from a leadership perspective she didn't take any time to adapt to the people yeah. And for a group of kids, that's even harder. Mm-hmm. For a group of kids who have gone through a lot of change, that's even harder. Mm-hmm. Because we are not loyal to an adult. We're loyal to each other. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... There's a huge difference. Um, I think, like, she and I, in particular, cu- had a lot of issues. Butt heads a little bit. Very, very yeah. much so. That's a very kind way of putting it. <laughs> um, and so, like, this went disastrously. Like, oh, I wow. mean, blew up church politics to the max uh, yeah. um, and this is a church that particularly likes those kind of incidents <laughs> um, and yeah. they're very good at fueling the fire so after that you know you get tired of being at church mm-hmm. right because yeah, yeah. this is a negative experience yeah. that um, 
you know, you kind of, this is the first time I realized like my faith is not dependent on the people around me. Mm. Um, where it's like, okay, I need to figure out uh. the balance, right? Because at that point, like you're not, I don't know. I was never really going to church for the church side, right? Yep. I liked my youth group. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I liked my friends yeah. and I liked the community, but like the worship side was never really hitting mm-hmm. in up until high school, you know? And so to have the one thing that anchors me there be called into question yeah, um, was super disorienting in a way. Wrecking ball. Because especially, yeah, when you grow up in a church, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is to any, not pastors kids exclusively. Personal <laughs> My dog is pattering around if you can hear her. Um, <laughs> she, anyway, but... Um, when you grow up in a church, and this is, like, if your parents are on staff or if your parents are, like, really involved volunteers, as a kid, you start to think this is, like, a second home. Mm-hmm. So, like, say, you spend more time you in that building. You spend so much and, time. Uh, not to interrupt you, but I think you, you guys are also forced to know more people than you want yes. to, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or interact yeah. with people, Nobody, like, yeah. in it. In, you know, it's kind of, like, not being bad, right? But it's a, it's, it's, it is a, I can see how it could be a second home or, uh, you know, Everybody knows you, too, yep. right? Yeah. You're kind of popular by default. Yep. <laughs> Everyone knows you, and you may or may not know them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, for that kind of community or that second home to, like, have a wound to it. Yeah. Is that first kind of... That's really good. Breakdown to my wall of, like, deconstruction and where my faith lies. And what I actually care about and believe versus, like, the places I grew up in and what those values are. Yeah. Yeah, you just use the word deconstruction. I think that's for some of you used it in this podcast. Yeah. And so, um, let's, uh, Mwangi, what, what do you think of when you hear the word deconstruction when it comes to faith? Yeah, well, first, when I hear the word, I think 10, 15 years ago, there was this trend in food deconstruct, you know, deconstructed burger, deconstructed oh, this. That's right, you yeah, know? Was, yeah. And the idea is uh, instead of me giving you a burger, we ought to have the bread and whatever in between, I'll just give it, I give you those things separately. And the idea is like you can consume this burger. This burger's main elements. It's deconstructed. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know. And so the idea is like you can sample individual flavors. So you know, if you eat the lettuce by itself, it tastes different than if you eat the lettuce in a burger. And so this this okay. kind of movement. So for me, this deconstruction, there can be a purpose to it. So this mm-hmm. idea, I'm gonna do this surgery so that you can understand each element of mm-hmm. this thing, um, or it it could be the wrecking ball type where it's this wanton just like let's go at it right baseball back yeah. kind of demolish yeah Maybe demolish you know what I mean? yeah, for me so for me the deconstruction sounds a little bit more calculated yeah mm-hmm. i'm taking something apart right uh you know uh with a tweezer or something like that yeah wrecking ball it's kind of like i'm not i'm gonna just close my eyes and, and swing like a pinata right, right? yeah yeah. And, yeah. I, and if i miss i'll try again until i hit yeah. something um and both instances can be true depending on you know um, how things happen. And third one I was thinking about too, like even the deconstruction can happen organically and naturally. Kind of talking about your friend group, which mm-hmm. is like it just things just start to change, and all of a sudden you're like, this is no longer what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's more recently uh, been like work. You guys have you know you hear people say, you know, I love my job. We're like a family, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then I used to sometimes believe that, like, oh, when you work together with good people, your family, I totally don't believe that anymore because i feel like you know that when we come to work we come to do this job and right. especially i work in in, in, in 
corporate America. And so this mm-hmm. idea is that some like we're a family, we look out for each other. No, you work for a for profit company, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm it was it was uh, I think it was I saw a post somewhere and not you know, and this kinda of solidified me. It's like, well if, if you're a family they would never fire anybody. Um. <laughs> right? <laughs> they would, you know Yeah. They, so my yeah. and my point here is this is that I'm not saying when I come to work I can be funny with my really close friends. Mm-hmm. My point is that we're not here to hang out as a family. Right. We're here to do a job. And yeah. therefore, mm-hmm. that needs to be declared so that when one of us has to leave, it doesn't become this wrecking ball of, oh, man, we're done as friends right. because we're no longer working together. Right. Right. Yeah. I've moved away from, you know, like this is hard. But like, okay, our family moves so we can never talk to each other again or right, something yeah. like that. So, uh, so for me, it's been a de- deconstruction of this idea of even though... You know, we spend so much time at work. Mm-hmm. We should be like a family, right? We spend enough time to be family. Yeah. But I think there's some me- there's some separation, some wrecking ball for me that's been like, no, no, like it's actually not. Yeah. The the you know, we're gathering for a purpose, um, and healthily, if we're together for so long, we should value our time away from each other too, mm-hmm. <laughs> as yeah, workmates. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that again is when I've traveled a lot for work is this idea you go to work and then you go to dinner and then you meet for breakfast and then you oh, meet yeah. people all the time. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, no, we're actually not family <laughs> like that, right? And so yeah. we accept these boundaries. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good word. There's boundaries uh, in that regard. So I don't know if I'm answering your question on the deconstruction, you know, how I view that, but that's that's been my so more recent thing to try to separate that. Yeah, yeah. Where there's clear expectations. Clear, yeah, yeah, so wrecking that yeah. idea about like oh there's these it's this great boundary that anybody can float in and out I've, mm-hmm. I've been trying to you know so like no like <laughs> I yeah I don't know I think yeah if yeah well I guess the question was what's deconstruction right if we're talking about that yeah. um, one of the things that comes to mind is that you have a thing that was whole and somehow it comes apart uh, maybe it feels more like demolition like you said maybe it feels more like um, you did it with tweezers, right? You're carefully pulling something apart. Um, there's been a, I don't know if trend is the right word, but a lot of kind of people who are connected to Christianity or to faith communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is happening. I, I should talk to uh, people in other faith traditions um, if this is popular in other faith traditions. But um, this idea of, yeah, like where like you used to believe a thing was true and now you don't believe that thing is true anymore or yeah. you've changed the way that you think about that thing um, can you are you still can you still identify as the thing or yeah. with the group that believes this thing so like to give an example from Christianity specifically like there are churches that believe certain things about who Jesus is mm-hmm. um, and um, maybe even what kind of um, if he were an American what kind of political affiliation he would have <laughs> um, uh, which like we're laughing because like it just some of this sounds so ridiculous right yeah, yeah. but for some people that is like a really it's core very thing very important right and if you're presented with some sort of information that makes you think maybe that's not true or um, or if you're, you have a friend who has a very maybe polar opposite set of political values, but really similar 
religious or spiritual or faith values mm. like maybe that like upsets your whole yeah. sense of balance and you're like but but you think this is true that I think is true yeah but you think this other thing is true that I think is not true how can that and that, that can be really yeah. disorienting um yeah that happens so, a lot sorry to interrupt yeah, yeah, that, no, that no, happens no. a lot with like queer affirming Christians right yeah because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are like those two don't go together. Right. You can't do that at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the three of us know at the table. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a lot of people, that's like their breaking point. Yeah. Um, this is a weird story because it happened yesterday. Um, I was working at the bookstore. And uh-huh. it's Pride Month, so we have some Pride stuff on display and whatever. Lady comes in. She trades her books. I do her books. She compliments my cross that I wear on my neck. And then she leaves. Mm-hmm. She comes back later. She walks in, it's like the end of the day. We have like 30 minutes left in the day. She's like, you have any books about the LBGQ whatevers? And I was like, I knew exactly what was happening, but I was just like, okay. And I was like, so, you know, the best way to respond with that is like with pure customer service. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, we do. Like we have some nonfiction, but as far as fiction goes, it's like in the rest of the story. And she's like, I don't want to see them. And I was like, okay. And she was like, but y'all aren't waving that flag, are you? And I was like, no, we are. Because we have one in the front window. Uh-huh. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah, we are. And I was wearing a pride shirt yesterday too, uh, oh, which was wow. even funnier. Um, but like, the what got me was like I didn't realize it was the same lady that complimented my cross until the end of the day. Uh huh. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it's like so interesting. Like, the just there are just things that don't mesh in people's heads. Yeah. Right. Like if she had known, like I don't think she saw my shirt, right. but had she known, what would have happened? Yeah. Not I'm talking. About, I'm not talking violently or anything like that. But just like what would have happened internally for her, right? Had she seen a necklace around my neck and a pride shirt at the same time? So there was a deconst- there was a a wrecking ball on. Okay, she gave you that compliment, but when she came back, it's almost like yeah. this is not the same interaction, right? Something, yeah, something got blown up in between that. Yeah, and <laughs> now it's not. It's not what I thought. Yeah, and it was a weird thing where she was like going into stores to ask that which was even stranger that's an interesting thing yeah yeah that's definitely a huge one I think in our culture right now is um, can you be a Christian and affirm our LGBTQ siblings Um, the three of us at this table uh, say yes there are um, well you've said that right we said that out loud right yeah (laughs) before on previous episodes Um, and maybe you listener are like Turn it off. You're like, yeah. no, I can't, I can't listen Sorry. to these people. Sorry. Um, there are Christians who uh, really follow Jesus, who really love the Bible, who really care about um, what God has called them to do, who have widely differing ideas about what that actually means, mm-hmm. like what the Bible actually means or mm-hmm. what, it, what things are really true. And that's something that I came up against in life, oh, right? Yeah. Like, I know for me, uh, going to seminary was really eye-opening. Seminary is like um, graduate school for pastors, and um, I just got to meet all sorts of people. Uh, Fuller Theological Seminary has like 103 denominations represented. Wow. I didn't even know there were that many. Wow. Um, people from 70 different countries when I was there. So people from all over the world with all sorts of different ideas and man, when you're sitting in a systematic theology class with someone from like a four square gospel bas- background, someone from like a Lutheran from Sweden, hmm. um, wow. uh, 
somebody who's a Baptist behind you, somebody who's uh, from a Pentecostal tradition in front of you, you know, like, and then somebody else, you know, like a Presbyterian and a Methodist or whatever, right? Like, and we're all learning together. You like, you sort of learn a lot of stuff and realize that a lot of the assumptions you had about mm-hmm. things um, don't hold true across these different either denominations or faith traditions. And that was at a, at a school that isn't like wild about its theology. It's not, I mean, it's not crazy on the fringes in any way. Um, in fact, my really conservative friends, when they heard I was going to Fuller, they're like, oh, you're going to lose Jesus. And my really liberal friends um, who heard I was going to Fuller, they're like, aren't they evangelical? With like <laughs> oh, a sneer, that's... right? Um, and I was like, what's wrong with that? So maybe that means that you found the right school. I think I found, right? well, for me, it was the right school. Um, and for anyone people. who's looking for <laughs> yeah, right yeah. school. If it offends both people, you're on the right uh, side. Fe- and it's offending everybody. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I was exposed to all sorts of ideas. And um, I know for me, as I was kind of just diving especially into the Gospels, those are the first four books of the New Testament in the Bible. Um, Sometimes it's called the Second Testament. Um, So it's the part of the Bible that's not Jewish. (laughs) It came after that. (laughs) And those first four books tell basically the story of the life of Jesus, the life and death of Jesus, um, and resurrection. And as I kind of dove into those in a way that I never had before and started to see Jesus from a different perspective, I started to think that the way I thought about Jesus was more informed by um, the culture I grew up in, hmm. by the, um, you know, the politics of the people that I grew up around, um, the well, frankly, conservative evangelical culture that I was kind of steeped in, mm-hmm. that the, the Jesus I knew was more from that mm-hmm. than from the actual Gospels. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I got some thinking to do. Mm-hmm. And that might be hard actually for some listeners to hear yeah. that the Jesus I discovered in the Gospels doesn't align with kind of what I thought Jesus aligned with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to, I had to be honest and I had to decide where I was going to get my information or like what, I don't want to say version of Jesus, but maybe that's right. Like which version of Jesus I was going to believe in. Yeah. And for me, that was a wrecking ball hmm. where it was like, oh, I think, I think the version of Jesus that I have in my head is at best incomplete and maybe even worse, misleading. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I... Um, like maybe really dangerously wrong. And so, um, listener, if you have been in that spot where you're like, I don't know what to think about this Jesus person, you're not alone. Even people who um, had been in the church growing up all their lives and then get exposed to different things, do the same thing, and then have a bit of a wrecking ball and uh, some deconstruction moments. I didn't even know the word deconstruction at the time, I don't Mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't have used that word um, my, uh, Richard Mao, who was the president of Fuller Theological Seminary when I started, uh, said it this way in the um, kind of opening chapel ceremony of my first semester or uh, quarter there at Fuller. He said, you know how when you get on an airplane uh, and, and then you land and they say, be careful when you open up the overhead compartments 
contents may have shifted. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, your brain is that overhead compartment <laughs> and you're jo- ju- jumping on a journey here and some content is going to shift. And if it mm-hmm. doesn't, then you're not really yeah. doing the you're work. You're not on the... Yeah. Right. And um, one of the ways I described kind of, especially that, those first few months, first year at seminary was like, there was a whole lot of stuff that I had just not wanted to deal with at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hard questions that are still hard that I had kind of like peeled back the rug, swept them under the rug, and put that rug back down nice and firm. Uh, And I was forced to peel back the rug and pull it all out and examine it. And that was really good for me. Um, But it led to a lot of like, oh, if that's not true. But it did not lead me away from faith. It made my faith, I think, a lot stronger and deeper, um, more... Mm -hmm for lack of a better term, useful. Mm-hmm. Like I think, or like when Jesus says, follow me, I don't think he's fooling around. I think he means that, like, you should be doing some certain things right. and not doing some others. And I think the things that I grew up thinking were the things I shouldn't do don't matter that much. And the things that I thought that I should do weren't necessarily all that important to Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. Be honest. I have something similar to I'm thinking, for me, it was like Old Testament. So, because to me, uh, part of the deconstruction was, you know, you guys grow, you know, many of us, you hear about holy books and you say, okay, mm-hmm. any question you got, go to the Bible. So, this is this perfect oh, yeah. solution, right? It's, you're going to get, you're going to get all your, uh, you know, your answers there. Um, and what I realized about the holy, this, the Old Testament for me, and one of the, a bit, it's an, it was an epiphany. It's like, there's a lot of jacked up people in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It is dramatic. It is actually, there are probably more bad people than good people in the Old Testament. And many people, you know, many times, you know, I go to church and people say, hey, like, you know, David, King David is so holy. And then when I read about David, I'm like, ah, I don't like this dude sometimes, right? <laughs> Maybe sometimes he's most a good of the time. You know, most of the time, he's kind of like full of himself sometimes. Yeah. You know, or King Solomon. Like, why were these dudes portrayed as so, like, Good. I I I interpret it as well. We talk about them when they're mm-hmm. kings or something like yeah. that. So therefore, yeah. they're good. They're, yeah. they're they're perfect. These are your examples of. Yeah. This is your example of holiness. But when I really dig in, I'm like Moses, dude. Ah, you know, like <laughs> I would have been your friend at this point right here. Like <laughs> yeah. I would have. I'm out. I, I would have been out. You yeah. know, and so that deconstruction then may. may have me redefine what the church should be mm-hmm. so it should it it, it 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 should be old testament that is like yes we're we're all here we're all jacked up but oh, we're we're we are not holy ourselves we can be made holy but let's not m- make ourselves to be better than other people because mm-hmm. we're not perfect and so then for me i like what you said about new testament like you know kind of defining uh a, Jesus in that sense, I, I look back and I say, this is why Jesus would have hung out with these people because, oh, this is why God, like, let's, you know, sorry if I'm, you know, we're talking too much about the Bible for non, uh, non, uh, non-Christians, but I think there's some lessons here. Like, I'll give you, I'll tell you, like, the Jews in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. they do good things and then they go back to the old ways. Right? Yeah. And then God will get mad and then they'll come. So it was just the <laughs> swings, almost like yeah. you are not listening to me kind of thing, right? Yeah. But isn't that us? I mean, like, mm-hmm. that's the lesson to me. The lesson yeah. isn't necessarily like keep doing things that are holy. It's kind of like, no, you will mess up. Right. You will find the path. Yes. You will mess up. You will come back. And so come, 
ultimately what I'm trying to say is a deconstruction of the Bible to me from this like holy perfect thing that is you know that, and that's what it represents it's more like no let's let's look at human let's look at how people are mm-hmm. genuinely mm-hmm. and even people who are kings yeah will mess up royally right, <laughs> right. and or people who Literally, you know yeah. And it's not just like one person's always the same because we're not all the same. Mm-hmm. I'll pick on the, you know, sometimes you're doing really awesome stuff. Sometimes you're just like, dude, no. Like, this is, you know, <laughs> there's no way I'll let you around. Like, you know, you're not a good example. Like, you know, go away. Anyway, so. That's cool. really <laughs> interesting, though, because yeah, yeah. you're like, you guys are almost saying the same thing mm-hmm. because you're talking about Jesus. Like, we follow Jesus mm-hmm. and you're talking about like, well, we're all messed up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's why <laughs> Jesus was around, yeah? Yeah, yeah? So it's kind of this idea of, like, the Old Testament sees us as we are, right? If what Mon- With what Mongi's saying. But then the New Testament is like, okay, where do we go from here? Mm. Yeah. But also, Jesus was someone, at least in my belief, that saw people as they were. Yeah. And accepted them like that. Yes. He didn't, he didn't expect them to follow all these rules in order for them to be saved. He said... Come hang. Yeah. Yeah. But, and also, like, if you're my disciple, love each other really well. Right. And when you do that, people are going to know that you follow me. Yeah. Like, that's the litmus test. That's the, that's the big deal. Mm -hmm. And all these other things sort of... Crumble. Yeah, fall away or, um, they're not, they're not, you, for me... They aren't the focus. Yeah, like, you have a lens through which you see all the other things. It's not that doing all these other things will help you to love people better, Mm -hmm. but like when you learn to love the people better, then you need to do all these things. It's like the, Mm. um, the, the, you know, the patience and the kindness and the, all those things that we think. Yeah. Like in the Bible, they call it the fruit of the spirit, like, um, able to do those things because, Hopefully it's because, well, God's spirit is in you. We're talking way more Jesus-y kind of stuff than we have in any Ever. of our talking stuff. Well, this one is so, because it's, this is what we have deconstructed mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah, yeah, so, so f- yeah, for me, that idea of like, no, I can't, str- I can't just become good enough that I, um, I have to allow God's spirit to work in me. And maybe for you, listener, that's not God's spirit. Maybe it's something different. But um, for me, it means that then I can love people the way that I'm supposed to. Mm. And I don't always do it very, very well. I, but I've, I think I've actually gotten better at it, I think. Mm. And that, I think that matters. That makes a difference. Mm. Yeah, so um. when it comes to deconstruction. Oh, I had another thought while you were talking about the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like The Simpsons, right? The, the, the show The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Like people... When it first came out, we're like, oh, what a horrible family. It's like, no, this is like, you're not supposed to do, you're not right. supposed to treat your son like Homer treats his son. Right. You're not supposed to be a student like Bart is a student. Yeah. Like, they are the negative example. It's a little bit like mm-hmm. David, right? Like, no, you're not actually supposed to be like David. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, not actually supposed to follow the example of, like, so... Um, um, but that can be a hard lesson to learn sometimes when you've been holding and, it. And, yeah. and, and it can be a hard lesson to learn and also, like, you know, that should be like you're talking about like youth groups and stuff like that those are kind of lessons that should appear right to to just talk about like hey like okay let's let's open up these books and let's right. look at these uh people in in a certain light let, let me not preempt you by saying this is a holy person or this was a king let's talk about like 
what's going on here, what he's doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, are you? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just, yeah, this is good. I'm Can reflecting. Can tell that was a fizzle or I'm not? I'm reflecting, okay. yeah. Um, but I wanted to touch on how Mike was surprised that we're talking so Jesus-y for mm-hmm. this one. Um, to any listeners who are like actually on the edge of like turning it off at the moment <laughs> or like this is too much. When we were planning Tapestry, we were very intentional about not like throwing Jesus in there for funsies and just like, because that's what a lot of Christian things do. They're like, mm-hmm. you like, here's Jesus, <laughs> like, and that's mm-hmm. it. Um, and like, there's nothing deeper than like, look it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were very intentional when creating tapestry about like we aren't just going to throw biblical things at people who are intentionally avoid- avoiding those things um, because this pod, the audience that we were hoping to reach, is people who are hesitant about religion mm-hmm. and yeah. in America that tends to be specifically Christianity is where a lot of that um, I can't think of the word but kind of those There's wounds the... or those hesitations tend to yeah, be yeah yeah um, so yeah we are getting Jesus see at the moment but it's because these are the things that come crumbling down when you start to question a little harder when you're like oh here's Jesus and then yeah. you immediately have to ask, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Yes. Right? Um, so to maybe down the Jesus a little bit, <laughs> just for this safety, I guess. <laughs> but when we start to deconstruct, right? Like what for like you guys spiritually or religiously in terms of like maybe the institution of the church? Because mm, that true. tends to be for any people that I have talked to that grew up Christian and then they're adults now and they aren't religious they tend to be like yeah but I'm still still spiritual or I still like have some of those values but it's like the church makes me uncomfy Um, and that I tend to be in a lot of queer spaces so that's very very common Um, but even for I think young adults Mm -hmm. right now that tends to be a thing because our values socially don't match up with our values spiritually Mm -hmm. or the the church doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess for you guys, kind of what things have you guys had to break down to like still be a part of the church? I guess I can answer that while you guys think for me, I guess. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I work at a church now. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't know. That's uh, a new dimension. That's fa- a, a new dimension. Yeah, the family business in a way. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like... Um, yeah, it is a new dimension because now I'm actively doing ministry. Um, granted, I just do sound and stuff, but like that is ministry in its own little way. Um, so it is a new dimension of like, okay, am I at a place that's affirming for me? Am mm-hmm. I working with people that are affirming? Mm-hmm. And what happens when that isn't the case? Mm-hmm. Granted, I haven't run into any bad situation so far and I'm very blessed to have that um, mm-hmm. but there is a very specific thing that happens when you're like oh I work at a church mm-hmm. like when people are like oh yeah. what do you do and it's like mm-hmm. okay this is what I do yeah. and you just hope <clears throat> however they receive that it's relatively neutral is really what I want I don't need yeah. anything overly positive or overly negative but there is a dimension of like okay how what does this mean for me in a way like yeah. what did 
what it, I don't know. And I guess I'm processing that as I talk about yeah. it. But um, yeah, I mean, again, it's going to change yeah. how people interpret yeah. me as a person. And you too, to your point on like uh, now you're being employed there. Yeah. Right. Um, it, that's a that's a you're endorsing. It's you, not. A, it's just a, an, it's an additional layer. Yeah, I'm a face of that, of you know. that actual physical building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm a face that people see on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so you hope that whatever is happening in that building is something I want to put my name on. Yeah. Or if something happens in that building, and <clears throat> you know. You will worry, right? Mm-hmm. Something's not going right on Sunday morning. It, it'll, it doesn't feel just like, you know, yes, it's your job, but it feels also like yeah. a little different as well, yeah. right? You know, um, And it's interesting to connect with church on more of a job level. Mm-hmm. Um, in a strange way, it feels more fulfilling. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't know, Sunday morning worship has never exactly been, I don't know, the most spiritual thing for me. I guess I'm not like super... The spiritual side is the part I struggle with the most okay. in terms of religion or just spirituality in general. I do struggle with like, what like, is like, out, like, what is out there? Okay. Kind of an idea, yeah. you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so, for like worship on a Sunday morning, it's nice to have a task. Yeah. It's nice to be doing the work instead mm-hmm. of having to like, because sometimes I think worship can you can sit down and it's like here's like a. F- sometimes it feels forced mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. Um, There's an agenda, like yeah. a me- maybe like yeah. a meeting, like where and that really meeting. works for some people, right? Sunday morning worship is their spiritual time, and that works for them. Hasn't ever really for me. Um, so it's it's weird to be able to interact with that on a job level instead of like the religion level in a weird mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. You're showing like, up in a different. Yeah, you're showing up at it. You're showing up um, not with a different purpose, but. If you were coming as a congregant mm-hmm. to experience a service, you're coming, it's passive. Yeah. You, you are, I mean, yes, you can sing, but you're sitting there absorbing. Right. Yeah. But you were talking about is sort of this active thing that, in fact, it's, it's, it's before the service, after the service. And mm-hmm. so it's a different, again, it's a different yeah. layer. And so therefore you experience it, experience it differently. Or yeah. you, you, the purpose, your purpose there is, is different. You're, even you as a sound engineer are hearing things yeah. different. Right. Actively, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time, though, ignoring certain things yes. too, because you're fo- focused on a certain yeah. task as well, right? Because of how yeah. you show up. Yeah. yeah. Can you restate the question that you had for us? Sorry, just kind of like for the institution of the church, uh, yeah. what are the things that you had to break through in order to be present how you are now? And from both of you, it's going to be pretty different because, Mike, you also are employed by a church. Um, from Wangi I'm curious what that looks like for you as a congregant that's what I said I said it right okay Um, what comes to mind for me is I think a lot of times I um, if I reveal what I do to someone uh, a lot of times I feel like they're I'm like yeah but but not that kind of church (laughs) like we like gay people Um, (laughs) or, or whatever you know fill in the blank whatever is the thing that someone might react against because there is kind of like a when it comes to the institution of the church there are a whole lot of things that I'm like deeply skeptical about mm. and do wonder like okay is this net good like mm. is this a, a net gain for the world is this actually a positive thing that I'm involved in and yeah I've had to to think about that like the thing that I thought was what would help change the world for the better is it really changing the world for the worse? Hmm. And and what if so? What party have I played? You know, 
or what part of that have I been? Um, and I think there's a, maybe a flip side of that to in any system, any organization, you can choose to abandon it because it's bad or not, or isn't living up to its potential, or you can hope to make it better from the inside. And that's a personal choice for people, right? Like Mm -hmm. whether that's a school or a police department or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, or church. And I I guess I've made my decision (laughs) (laughs) um, to remain a part of it, hoping to, um, help it live up to the best it can be, which I, I think is better than it is, <laughs> or it could be a lot better than it is. And I have only so much influence. I have only so much power, but I, yeah, I've chosen to use that in this way. Mm-hmm. I hope to make kind of that institutional church, that the big C church, at least the part that I can have any influence over, um, a better, more welcoming, more affirming, more loving place. But I've had to, yeah, kind of encounter the like the ugly side of things that I have put a lot of hope in. Yeah. And that's a yeah, that's kind of like a wrecking ball too, kind of a deconstruction moment where like, man, this thing that I thought was really very good has done some very bad things continues to do what I think are some very damaging and unhealthy things for a huge portion of the population of the world. And how do we stop it? Like, stop! Let's stop. Let's not do that anymore. (laughs) Um, But it's not that easy, obviously. um, But how can I be part of the... Be part of the solution, not the problem. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like when you when when I started volunteering, I realized how much politics is in the church, <laughs> and that the yeah. church is the most political organization I feel exists. Like in the sense, oh, yeah. like dra- dramatic, maybe it's drama, yeah. whatever. Right. Once I started volunteering to mm-hmm. do things and being with people like outside of that service, because mm-hmm. in that service, you know, you're kind of experiencing it. But once you come out and you're volunteering and you hear people bickering. Yeah. And you hear what the church council is talking about or debating or stuff yeah. like that. Then you're like, wow, these people, this is not, <laughs> this yeah. is the same people who, uh, you know, yeah. are like seeing you from him. But to me, it was a deconstruction mm-hmm. of this idea that you have these boards or you have that, I'll be honest, that everybody was always coming with good intent. Oh, yeah. That's actually not true. Uh mm-hmm. It really, it really isn't. Yeah. So that was my deacon. It's like, yeah. wow, these people, are, some people, I'm like, these people are petty. These people are <laughs> 25-year-old grudges yeah. or like yeah. Yeah. rigidity. Well, you know, when we put that flower vase up there 25 years ago, <laughs> my brother bought it. And how dare you move it from the right side to the left side? And <laughs> like, <laughs> stuff where I thought, yeah. like, no way, right? That's real we're life. Mature. Yeah, that's very <laughs> like We're real. mature yeah. adults in this church. We should be no better. But it's almost like, weirdly, it's almost like, it amplifies it because yeah. it is church. This stuff—it's the thing that's held get close. So offended, yeah, by things uh, that then that there's—I don't know any other dimension. And I know we talk, you know, there's politics, but I still don't think people people may have political affiliations. But I feel like the, the church people—it's deeper, and they're more offended by people's acts. And it could be little things, it could be big things. But man, yeah. So then, with so then, as I approach. As I got older, and I'll, you know, somebody says, "Oh, this is a church, or this is the church's history." I'm kind of like, "Yeah, like 
again, I'm not dissing people or people, and I'm not, I'm not asking for, for, for perfection, but my deconstruction was this idea that what was that the it could it, it's it's dramatic enough that once you experience that you may sometimes not want to come or yeah. you, you you just like these are not my people is this worth it you right know? Is like, it... am i doing this out of obligation yeah you know because i've already signed out for this thing and i gotta keep doing it and, and mm-hmm. yeah it's obligatory because nobody else is gonna step up doing it but i was like and again i was you know yeah. when i was young and i was like wow okay do i want to keep coming here Mm-hmm. Right. And you're just gonna come like this, and then, and then, to be honest, it's kind of like, uh, when do you decide to leave church? Hmm. Leave yeah. your church. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. when do you decide to just like, I don't want to come here anymore? And I know that happens, this, right? Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Sometimes that's a natural uh, outcome of the deconstruction to say, mm-hmm. okay, so this is this is not my place. This is not my place anymore, mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know where my place is, but maybe this is not, this mm-hmm. is not it, you know. Mm. You used the word offended a little bit ago. Like, yeah, we get so offended about certain things. And I try to be unoffendable. I don't know if it's totally true, but <laughs> I've gotten close. Um, I just like, I wonder if God is offended by where the vase sits, you know, or... Or what clothes we wear to worship. What clothes. Yeah. Or... The, a lot of the Who things got that, the solo <laughs> yeah right. or like yeah like a lot of the things that I think people of faith or people of really you mentioned maybe bad intentions but, but I think even people who have the best of intentions end up thinking are really important that aren't like but maybe I just don't think that like I don't think God cares about a lot of that stuff right like mm. um, and I don't think God is offended when when I've got questions, when I've got really deep and important questions about who God is, or even if God exists, like, and why we and why we do the things we're doing today, right. because we didn't always do them, right? right. You know, right, right. you you hear many, you know, like another one was just like this idea of this tradition we've always done. Mm-hmm. This is we've been doing this for the last sixty years. Yeah, we can't not do it. Right to your point. To your point is like so when you weren't doing it okay. seventy years ago. Did it matter? Was, yeah. Just because you do something, yeah. was God deeply and, disappointed in you? Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> Did He come to you and be like, "Yeah, no, you need to sing this hymn on I these think, Sundays"? Every I think we get we get really tied up in what God doesn't want us to do, mm-hmm. and versus like what God or Jesus wants us to be doing. Yeah, which comes down to love and kindness and whatever. Um, but I think it's because, like people, like the building of the church mm-hmm. is a people built thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So we get very defensive of our communities. Yeah. yeah. We get very fearful if those things get challenged. And that happens on every level, not just religion, mm-hmm. but you said like sometimes the church amplifies these That's things. That's what I feel, yeah. And I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and I think it's simply because I think there is this not, there is a lack of boundary between like, community and religion in a way where it's like we feel like we are owed this because it's our religion or like we feel like mm. i don't know how to explain like, you're afraid, like maybe if you say a certain thing or you move that you know flower you move the flowers not only are you offending me you're offending god which right. makes me even more we, pissed we, off we put so much <laughs> yeah. religious weight which yeah. we mm-hmm. all which everyone mm-hmm. in that building True. on some level cares about yeah. mm-hmm. right and so you put religious weight to things that have nothing to do with that in the first place. Things become sacred. Right. That maybe we're 
never designed or meant to be sacred. Yeah. And then we, then we beat people up. We end up like being so angry at a person because of the thing that they did, which we think violates some sort of sacred right. whatever. And therefore we, we smash the thing that really is sacred, which is that person mm-hmm. who offended us. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is, man, I, that's good. Yeah. We do that all the time. And Humans I keep, do that. I mean, and I keep coming back to, you know, what, when it hit, one of the times when it hit, hit, hit me when somebody was like, Hey, it was, it was a situation where this pastor a long time ago for a particular service during the year designed sort of like, we will sing this song, we will mm-hmm. do this prayer. Mm-hmm. And it was very, and then so it got, it was really, you, you do something for like 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> People expected mm-hmm. the choir. This is how it's meant to be. To do, and then a new pastor came in and said, ah, yeah, I want to do things differently, man. You know, people mm-hmm. are really up hard. in arms. They're like, there's no way, you know. And that it was that moment where the word tradition it got re- redefined for me in the sense that those people were saying we've always done it, and I, having been there, that's all I saw. Mm-hmm. But I keep coming back, like, but that dude made it up. At some point, that <laughs> yeah. pastor some, made it up. Somebody said, "Hey, yeah. what about this?" Yeah, he made up that thing, and then he, and then he said, "This is what we're gonna do," and then we do it for a few years, but. And that's it. So mm-hmm. sometimes the, this idea yeah. of tradition, 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 things that things have not always existed like that. Right. Right. And yeah. so to your point on like, so somebody doesn't do something the right way or doesn't follow things that or didn't say the right things because that's not how we do it. You never did it in the first place. Sometimes at some point yeah. you didn't yeah. do that thing. It did not exist. And so then it's, yeah. So, you, know, you know, I'm just saying like, and so maybe go back to that point where that thing didn't exist what were you doing what was the value it's a refocus of what matters yeah. Yeah. refocus of the values um which in my head is what deconstruction really is it's where you strip down all the frilly stuff of yeah. like okay the vase right what doesn't how is that way? actually fulfilling me in any way other than it looks nice on that side yeah. um yeah. does it bring me closer to my community or my faith or whatever yeah. is helping me to do good, right? And so you have to take down all the extras and say, okay, what matters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's good. I agree. Yeah, for, yeah, I think that's a really good way to think of, like, a, excuse me, a healthy way to think of deconstruction. You're getting rid of the extra stuff. Like what stuff either isn't helping or is actually hindering. Mm-hmm. Like certainly get rid of the things that are hindering. Like get rid yeah. of that right away. And then figure out which things are actually helping. If there's a thing in there that doesn't seem to be hindering much, but isn't really helping either, maybe that goes too. I think so. Rich, uh, a point of rituals. We love mm-hmm. rituals. You know, saying things, but saying things, doing certain mm-hmm. things. Um, they make us re- feel very comfortable because we mm-hmm. may recite stuff all the time. Yeah. We may, uh, you know, ritual has sy- power. There's you know? power mm-hmm. or symbols or physical mm-hmm. symbols and things like that, and they're comforting. But, you know, two, they can also be off-putting to the people who may want to come to that building. Yeah. But they're kind of right. like, you're doing weird stuff. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even, tr- totally. I don't even know what, I don't even know what it is. And you yeah. didn't even, tr- you know, even told me what it is. Yeah. So I feel left out automatically. And because it- when I come in the building, people are doing certain things or somebody's doing something. And I don't know. It doesn't feel invitational. Yeah. And yeah. then if I try to do the same thing you're doing, you might tell me, no, you can't do that right now because right. you're not, you haven't or done enough doing things. Yeah, you haven't done enough things. You haven't gone yeah. through this class. Yeah. Once you go through this class, then you can yeah. do this other stuff. And 
And so we love those rituals and or symbols mm -hmm. and then that we think are you know are our anchors but indeed they can actually completely misrepresent what we're doing first of all because we we're so tied to those things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i think worst of all is keep people out yeah you know totally i totally agree yeah when i one of the things you were mentioning earlier Haley, is we want tapestry to have a pretty like low bar for entry <laughs> like yeah. that you don't have to know certain words or be familiar with certain traditions uh again this podcast has probably been the most like oh yeah this episode um, full of jargon or whatever that has to do with churchy kinds of things um we don't that's not how we want it to be um when we're talking about our own kind of faith deconstruction journeys uh, it's natural that we're going to end up talking about those kinds of things mm -hmm. like maybe a listener doesn't even know what a hymn is is this is a song mm -hmm. yep it's in a book and um a traditional book a traditional book it's got a hard cover on it well we have one with a hard cover and one with a soft cover got soft both. cover one's newer that's right we got those those newfangled songs from the 70s like 20 years ago yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's new 20 years ago with songs from the 70s yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Um, so yeah we that idea of like walking into a space maybe listening to a podcast and knowing that like or feeling that you don't know how to catch up like okay I've missed something here and what, like, what did I miss? What yeah. I, like, that's not comfortable. That's not fun. That's not cool. Like, I, I mean, trying to get into a new sport, maybe feel that way. You mentioned, you've mentioned going to the gym. Um, we talked with our friend, uh, Andy in a previous podcast about, um, cycling that people might be intimidated getting into, into bicycles. Uh, but yeah, how do you lower that, that bar? How do you get rid of like have rituals that are meaningful? Because yeah. it's a good thing that can connect a, a community, mm -hmm. and it's a thing like, uh, what is it like when you um, when you maybe have a drink and you know cheers, you know yes. like that kind yeah. of like, uh, and every culture has mm -hmm. their own word for that. Apparently, like just that action releases dopamine in your body, hmm. right? Like it's a, like a feel good thing for you. That's cool. That because uh, you have to smile, you can't do a cheers without smiling. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I can't be like. Right. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there's something good it about makes it. You smile. So there's something like yeah. intrinsically beneficial about some level of ritual, but it can get out of hand really quickly, right? right? And especially if it loses meaning. Or um, I mean, I've heard stories about like uh, there was a church that would always stand up and face the back wall to do a certain part of their worship service, hmm. um, and the new pastor maybe a consultant came in and said like so what do you guys do that? I said, well, everybody's we've always done it they finally interviewed somebody who's had been there long enough like, started in their 80s or 90s it's like oh yeah well we had the apostles creed painted on the back wall back in the day and so we all turned around and paint but it got painted over generations before decades before but the tradition stayed i heard a story about a oh woman gosh. who was always cut the end off of her ham to put it in the oven and roast it and somebody asked why you do that. She said, I don't know, that's why my mom did it. Hmm. And so she said, Mom, why do you, we cut the end of the ham off? Oh, my pan was too small yeah. for the ham, right? That's so, like, so how do we figure out what rituals, which things hmm. we do that are actually like stupid and useless? Yeah. Or have lost their meaning and then create ones that that matter like so that's a, a way of deconstruction one is by well. asking yeah I think, see, I think we don't ask enough. Earlier, sort of like, get curious you know yeah. why 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 
are yeah. those places places that you're allowed to say like I don't know I'm I'm doubtful or like mm-hmm. let me think about that mm-hmm. so enough mm-hmm. to say like that looks stupid like why would you cut off my hand <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah. you know you know and then you have to say everything stupid why are you uh, looking at a point, blank like, wall why, why are you doing that why yeah, yeah. and uh, we should healthily ask ourselves that all yeah. the time so even you as a minister may be like why do I do this again yeah, like, yeah. what's yeah why 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 are we you know what's mm-hmm. It may still be valuable, yeah. but it's healthy to just and say, that, like, is this... Yeah. But decide to keep it. some yeah. people, like, when why is asked, mm-hmm. and they know they don't know the answer, they feel like that means that it has to come to an end. Right. Um, right. right when, yeah. if you've done a lot of, like, questioning, you know it just leads you to another answer. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, like, I think some people, like, when they think of deconstruction and things that they mean, we've left the faith or something. Mm-hmm. But it just reframes it as another way to look. Um, yeah. I had something else that I wanted to say and I forgot yeah. it. Um, but just something like along the lines of just um, being curious in the first place doesn't yeah. mean that something has to end. It's more of just, mm-hmm. well, why do we do this? And it can be just a re-centering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe if there's you've a got, really good reason for yeah, doing it. Yeah. yeah. Like if you've gotten lost in ministry, right? And you're like, well, this feels hopeless. This feels like mm-hmm. we aren't doing anything at all. Why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. But we need our leaders to do, you yeah. know. Yeah, really, you need specific <laughs> people to be doing you know, it, right? The, the, you, if we can, mm-hmm. you want our leaders to be thinking that. Yeah. Because um, they're, they're in positions of most influence. Yeah. In the sense that they can maybe gather that. Um, and they're not more important, but I'm just saying, right. like, as a leader, right, This mm-hmm. is these are the qualities they you have, want. They to, have the tools to change it. Yeah, to change it or... Um, the influence, so if something needs to be changed, you're the ones who maybe suggest it mm-hmm. more so than some other people who we may not be yeah. uh, received um, and then, well, yeah. either right away or be heard the same way. But I think what, what you said way earlier, Haley, I think that's the key so that if we stop doing all these rituals, if we stop singing these songs, then what's left? And if what's left is nothing... That's a pretty good answer. You know what I'm saying? Well, that gives you something. Right. Nothing, yeah. that, that nothing is saying, something, right? Yeah, nothing is something. But I'm just saying, like, if we just peel it back, um, what, what's left? Okay, what can be left? Okay, so now we're sitting in this building with mm-hmm. no instruments, no <laughs> books. So what would we do then? Oh, we'd probably just chill and talk. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's... Some, maybe put some microphones in front of yeah. people. And put it on the, <laughs> okay, put so that's what you would do. So yes. that's, that's what your church or whatever it is yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's what is your that, call to one everything another? is everything should support that <laughs> you know um in that sense but i i do you know yeah i, I mean I, i'm not saying we're not just sitting here bashing on institutions all day, mm-hmm. but i think that no we it's easy with a building with uh you know gold-plated things with statues yeah it's, it's mm-hmm. very easy to just look at those as being the holy things and yeah this is it this is yeah this has existed yeah. here and people have worshipped here for generations and therefore it gives it credibility on uh, yes and no mm-hmm. not necessarily oh somebody's buried here and therefore it's it's it's, it's more holy or something like that uh, yeah not, not necessarily because what you should ask yourself and I, I've, I've wrestled with this too when um I go to like we were, took a trip to Europe and you see these great cathedrals and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you say like yeah but some people couldn't come in here mm. yeah some people were not allowed to worship in here right so yeah. we can hear and and yeah. and, and, and you know get, uh, gaze at what we call you know beauty or things mm-hmm. like that or or to be transcendent something the, the, big how we how this was built was by taking money from 
right. people who were very poor and right. coaxing them to give money to the church to build this building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the things that you know, versus right. them, you know, for the glory of God, as if God asked for this building <laughs> yeah. with, with, with these things. And is that what yeah. he wanted? But, you know, and so <laughs> if we peel it back, okay, so why is this what being was built? Happening? Well, it's probably because he's, some people have egos and they want, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, and things like that. And I don't want to undermine like the purpose that church serves as a community for people. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. sometimes you just want to see other people, and this is your way to do it, because mm-hmm. generally these people are going to have the same values as you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to undermine, like, hey, sure. sometimes you can just come to church, and it's as simple as wanting to be around other people. Yeah. Um, but there are also dangers in just following religious spaces with yeah. no question of or no thought of what am i slightly endorsing by being here yeah well that's the only time that you're thinking about those things right because right? truly yeah. like another thing is like does is is your spirituality or your religion defined by that building and yeah. those people that building yeah. and you experience people. it outside of mm. that and i'm not saying right or wrong if you say oh, no yeah. fine if you say yes fine yeah right? just on uh, but, a self-reflection so, yeah self-reflection yeah. you know like when you and Andy were talking about like biking I'm like that sounds you guys were he was describing very spiritually mm-hmm. you yeah. know like I'm like man that's that's your it's your thing that's one thing at least that's definitely a space I see that sounds very spiritual to you yeah right mm-hmm. and so can you be a Christian if you never go to church you know can you still feel connected in that sense mm-hmm. um um if you don't like the songs they're singing yeah <laughs> you know what if you get more out of a secular song mm. you know than you do any of the songs that you may hear about yeah. you know um, are, are we restricting way? ourselves by saying this is the only way right. you can find fulfillment yes these are the yeah these are the acceptable ways of yeah adhering to yes. whatever or god told you tradition. like hey this if it's not out of this book, you know, yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to like it. And that's not, you know, I, I don't recall that necessarily. Or yeah. Jesus saying that, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, it's kind of like, uh, you know. I don't believe in a judgmental God. I th- Yeah, yeah. And I think if what, what God judges, I think, the, the positive side of that is forgiveness. Yeah, the grace. Um, grace. Uh, it was a book by Brian McLaren, I think, that I... Um, first encountered this idea like there actually can't be forgiveness without judgment and I was like whoa, whoa. and it was <laughs> the idea of like you have to say yes you, you did wrong to me mm-hmm. you, you said something that, that hurt me mm-hmm. I forgive you yeah. so there's a judgment there I like that. but it's with the God that I love and serve it's always right next to forgiveness Right. that it's always connected to grace I like that um, and so People, people that I know, especially I think really well-meaning people of faith, um, whatever faith that might be, and then a lot of Christians that I know um, think that that's their job is judging, um, but they've somehow disconnected that from grace and forgiveness. Hmm. And I think that's a pretty dangerous place to be. It's almost like the it ends with judgment, and that's it. And well, it ends with self righteousness and um, condemnation. Which again is something that uh, in the name of God or Jesus or your church, which is a thing again that I keep thinking about 
first timers like that is not yeah. attractive no no right i'm gonna come here and i'm gonna be judged yeah to your point you know just being described like wow i'm gonna feel bad okay that's that's super great <laughs> yeah. like the world is not good like not <laughs> enough at that yeah let me come here and be you know feel uh uh, feel that way but to your point there on the grace it's 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 and and it's very close and it's a very quick twist sorry you know not not superficially i'm just saying mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah. it's right there right yeah. it's, it's not this thick wall or you have right. to drill through it's, it's there right um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a way better message uh, than even f- empty forgiveness without recognizing mm-hmm. oh yeah you, you, you're good you forget yeah yeah like okay what is that well, mean? you didn't even hear me then, right? Like, yeah, you didn't even like hear right. just like my, like, <laughs> but I did the, th- yeah. Yeah, oh, you're forgiven, you're good. Don't worry about it's it. It's like, okay, um, this stuff still exists, yeah. so yeah. it hasn't gone away. Yeah. Now There's just, baggage. Now you gotta you, deal with that, yeah. Now, you, you, now you're making fun of me or something like that. Yeah. Um, with that, so, I think, yeah, this, I can see us doing another episode on deconstruction because well, uh, it, it's yeah. a great word, a and, and, and it's because we talked about some of it is intentional. Mm-hmm. You're like, ah, mm-hmm. and then some of it is not intentional. It just happens. Right. Something yeah. happens and you're like, wow, okay. Good. Yeah, we, we could talk for another hour and 10 minutes. Oh boy. But, uh, so this may be the record. I don't know, I'll have to go back and look. <laughs> this might be the longest one we've had. We do much uh, more. If you stuck to this uh, level here, if you stuck with us to the end, thank you for listening. Yes. Maybe you maybe you listened in two batches or sessions, that'd be cool. Um, I, I wouldn't want to hear myself talk. I listen to you guys talk all day. I wouldn't want to hear me talk this long. But uh, maybe they can listen to the episode deconstructively. So that's they can just kind of take it apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. We'll put times. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening. Um, it's a big subject we could talk even more about. Uh, for me, the takeaways are um, what uh, we mentioned in the video too. Uh, our friend Taylor said, "Take it apart, don't throw it away. Uh, whatever it is that you." that's meaningful for you, that something has happened and it's caused you to question, uh, don't just throw it all away. Take it apart. Find the things that really do work are true and useful and meaningful and beautiful and hold on to those things yep. and, and build back up from there. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right. We have come to the end. Um, so if you want to chat with us more or if you want more content or if you haven't watched the, the episode or the the video that corresponds with this, um, you can go to tapestrytalk.org. There you can find any videos that we've posted, other episodes of the podcast, um, and a link to our Discord um, where you can chat with us. And if you have any more topic points or anything like that, feel free to put them there because there's a lot to talk about on this one. So I feel... Yeah. If you have anything you want to say, let us know. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Cool, cool.